Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome aboard, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska on the summer solstice edition. This is a beautiful day out here. I mean, it's kind of cloudy, but it's still really beautiful. It's the longest day of the year in Alaska. It means the shortest day of the year down in New Zealand. There's going to be a, a lot going on this summer politically here in Alaska. And if you are um, a, a, a subscriber to the newsletter, you kind of stay up on things about what's going on in Alaska. If you're not a subscriber, why not? You should be a subscriber. Get on the uh, mustrealaska.com, click on the little newsletter tab up at the top right and get yourself on the list. And that way you're never going to miss a story. I'm going to turn off my phone so it doesn't buzz at me during our show today. So I'm happy to be joined by my co-host and superstar, John Quick. John, you're in Nikiski, the middle of nowhere, technically, is what we call that. What is going on in Nikiski and the surrounding areas like the beautiful town of Kenai and Saldana? Well, I'm living the dream out here, Suzanne. And uh, this weekend we had <clears throat> Nikiski Fun, uh, Midnight, what is it? Nikiski Fun in the Midnight Sun. And the whole town comes out because... We only do a couple big events like that a year. One is that, and the other one's the car show at my hardware store. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Every, every kind of food booth you could imagine. Uh, all the political folks had booths out. Uh, and uh, the, the um, famous free watermelon that I think Chenault started back in the day uh, still goes on. Peter Manchicki was out there giving out free watermelon. And uh, it was a blast. The whole community came out. And uh, it was sunny and 70 degrees, and you can't go wrong with some watermelon, some sun, and some raffle giveaways. It'll bring out the whole town. Oh, that's so great. Town of Nikiski is a great place, and everybody should go down to Nikiski this summer and check out the Nikiski Hardware Store because it was really, truly a destination hardware store. You go in there, there's a little coffee shop. You get to kind of know the locals because all the locals come in there just to kind of, I think they just come in there for socializing and then they buy like a screw or something and leave. Right. Basically. Yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, every time I stop in, it's a hour trip or so because you just end up talking to everybody and it's a real great place of, uh, just, you know, a community hub is kind of how we put it. And, uh, we, we just happen to sell hammers and nails. Sure, sure. And, and so everybody, Nikiski Hardware, that is the destination hardware store in Alaska. And as far as I'm concerned, they're the sponsor of this show today. I'm just going to say so. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> hey, well, we have a really great guest and we've been keeping him up, uh, keeping him waiting while we're, we're uh, talking about Nikiski. And I really want to get to this because this is a super important topic for all of Alaska. This is the ballot measure two edition because Everybody's talking about Ballot Measure 2 and what it brought to us. So we brought on board today Brett Huber, who is my friend, your friend, and very well known to be an expert in Ballot Measure 2 because he fought Ballot Measure 2. He tried to convince Alaskans that Ballot Measure 2 was going to bring us a mess. And guess what? You are a savant. You are, you are absolutely correct, Brett. It's exactly as bad as you said it would be, maybe even worse. Anyway, welcome to the show. 
Suzanne, thank you. John, good to hear from you as well. Nikiski is kind of the uh, epicenter of the Kenai Peninsula, if not, not the nowhere of the Kenai Peninsula. I'd throw that in. Okay. I like that. I didn't need to be a savant to tell folks that ballot measure two was going to be a mess. I just had to do a little bit of research. You look where ranked choice voting has been employed in other areas, and it's been an abject failure from the point of um, look at the Democratic primary in the last presidential election. Look at the New York City mayor's race. They couldn't figure out who won for weeks, right? People were up in the air, didn't know if their vote counted, didn't it, did it count, didn't it count? Elections were up in the air. And then you look in areas where it's been employed over time and you see that it has changed the face of the voting public, that it is disenfranchised voters. So didn't take being a savant, Su Suzanne, just doing a little bit of research and realizing that we had a bunch of out-of-state billionaires trying to buy a piece of our Alaska. And that's what they do up here. They come on up here and they, uh, they, they experiment on Alaska because we're such a cheap place to experiment. So with their $7 million, they can completely... Uh, transform our election system, which was fairly straightforward and tr and basically trusted by people because they understood you went in and you you showed your ID, you signed the the logbook, they gave you your ballot, showed you which section you voted on, you go into the voting booth and vote, and then you slide it into the machine, and it was very clear. But now what we have is such a mess. So now you have. Um, well, we've got a, a situation this year where we have a special primary and a special general election that also was brought to us by ballot measure two. It's in the ballot measure two is 25 pages long or maybe a little bit longer, maybe 27 pages with the appendices. But nobody read it. They just were sold on this thing. Right, Brett? They, they were sold on what it would do. And, and then what happened is. 174,000 people voted for it, 170,000 voted against it, but they, all, they had the 4,000 they need to pass. So ballot measure two, you know, it doesn't make sense to change a tried and true process that we know that works unless you're trying to accomplish something, right? Okay, so, so what, were they, what were they trying to accomplish? So the leaders of ballot measure two, the Catherine Gills, the Catherine Murdochs, the Mark Merrills, the Arnold, Enron, the Enron Arnolds from Texas, all told us the same thing. What they were trying to accomplish is broaden people's participation in the election process, make elections about less money, make them friendlier and a happier place. But what they're really trying to accomplish is disenfranchising voters, right? Making it more difficult, making people be suspect about your ballot. Look at how big an issue voter integrity is already this year. And now we're gonna take Dominion machines and a new scheme, and we're going to be voting on important positions like a Senate race in, uh, in the United States, like this congressional race, as you pointed out, that's gonna have two types of elections in the same day. One is just picking from the top 10 jungle primary, and another one is, another one is ranking the choice in your ballot for the six month of remainder of the term. What they're trying to accomplish is disenfranchising, disenfranchising Alaskans. What they're trying to accomplish is creating a new scheme that they may be successful in, from their liberal bent, from their big government bent, from their big tech bent, that they weren't successful in under the tried and true system that Alaskans understood and utilized for years. Right, and well, that we've used for centuries, actually. One person, one vote. And right. what's, what's I like the parrot behind you, by the way. Uh, what's your parrot's name? So cameo appearances by Gino, the Italian <laughs> African gray parrot. Okay, so he may he may speak at us. And so if you're listening- At any on, time. If you're listening on any of our podcast channels and you hear a parrot, uh, just be forewarned, that's Gino. 
and he's um, he's gorgeous, gorgeous parrot. Well, he's my top political advisor, Suzanne. I can't do these kind of shows without him here. Okay. <laughs> he's your comfort parrot. Okay, you have great. to be a bird brain to understand ballot measure too, right? Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. Okay. We, so we had we had lieutenant governors of the past, we had division of elections directors of the past all saying, wait, Alaska, don't do this. Mm-hmm. There's no possible way of employing this system in Alaska and conducting a real election cycle. So the people that were in charge of doing the elections warned Alaskans, right? Those that were listening. Um, but what, what they're up against is $7 million of outside money that talked about eliminating dark money, which was the hoax to put in place this political trickery, um, is which hoax, is only yeah. put in place to trip up Alaskans and change our system. Make sure that Alaskans, the least common denominator in all government decisions voting is now suspect. It's it's just a horror story, Suzanne. Right. So, so those for those who are listening from outside the state, we're going to have a special election then that will fill the U.S. House seat vacancy that was created when uh, Congressman Don Young died um, on March 18th. And that is just a, a temporary seat until January 3rd, when the new uh, House of Representatives member will be sworn in for the next term, which is a two-year term. But all of this is going to show up on the same ballot, temporary seat, which is going to be ranked choice voting. And then the general will well, be the, the regular primary, which will be just pick one. And so that's going to be very confusing because it will be on the same ballot. One part of the ballot, you're going to vote just for one person for governor, one person for Senate, one person for Congress, and then your your House of Representatives, your your uh, for your state Senate for state House and state Senate, and then the, you come to the next part of the ballot, and it's going to be ranked choice voting for the temporary seat. I just can't understand how it could be more confusing. I'm already getting questions from people saying, you know, what are we supposed to do? And why are we doing this? Well, and, and the folks that brought us this measure are making it even more confusing, right? They're hiring people to go out and train folks how to deal with Alaskans for better elections or Alaskans for better elections, how to deal with this new voting system, Suzanne. And you rightly pointed out in your article, even the folks that brought this scheme to Alaska are telling their trainers they're not gonna be able to answer questions that folks are trying to explain it to. That was the whole idea, right? Confuse Alaskans enough, get enough of your own soldiers to know how the system works and change or overthrow an election that Alaskans are trying to decide. I mean, seriously, it's it's just, it's an absolute mess. Especially what happens with conservatives is they just throw up their hands. They say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to vote this way. I just want to vote the regular way. So when we, when we're out talking to Alaskans, what I'm hearing is that there are a number of conservatives and increasingly I'm seeing it from the liberal side as well, people who only are going to vote for one person on the ballot. And you describe this to me as bullet voting. In other words, they're going to be presented with a ranked choice ballot for a house, but they've got the choice of Sarah Palin, Nick Begich, Al Gross, and Mary Peltola. For, for the temporary seat. I'm hearing from people that they don't plan to vote for anybody but one person. Sure. And But I'm hearing from the Alaskans for Better Election people that, well, yes, except if you do that, then you you're, you lose power in your, your voting. Your, your voting won't have as much power for it. If you vote for Mary Peltola, she's not likely to advance. And so the rest of your ballot, you know, you're 
your ballot's no good anymore. You don't get to vote a second time per se. That's how, to me, it's like you get to vote a second time if your first choice isn't any good. You get to vote twice now. And if your second, if your next choice isn't any good, well, guess what? You get to vote three times now until you finally get it right. And so what I'm wondering is, uh, you know, what, what should we do? Is, is bullet voting a good strategy in your mind on this? Is it, or, or, should we, or should we rank? So, so difficult question. The way I'm going to look at the ballot is this, Suzanne. First off, you're right. And they, they counted on people being disenfranchised just by the fact that they don't know how to vote and right. might not go to the poll this time. They also counted on disenfranchising by using that, quote, power that they tell you to reserve for your third and fourth choice. That power you're actually adding to a candidate that you don't support. That'd be like me making a campaign contribution to Bill Walker. That's just as likely to happen as me ever filling in an oval next to his name. It's just not going to happen, Suzanne. So, so I guess bullet voting, I'd say this. If you have one candidate and if you pick a winner and you place that vote, that vote is going to stay and it'll be counted through every round. So a bullet vote is not necessarily a bad thing. Certainly, I think it's a better thing than actually providing the potential of helping somebody that I oppose. So, so that's one point. The second point on the bullet voting is they knew it going in. Right? They knew that 50% of, of conservatives um, will oftentimes not make secondary ranks. Right, Most people that look at the system and understand the system, have been a part of the system, will pick the person that they think is going to win, that aligns with them the best, make that vote and walk away. Liberals, um, or that people that identify as progressives, are 50% more likely to rank additional candidates. So there's your first tilt of the playing field. And then the next tilt of the playing field happens when we reshuffle, we do the math, we can't recount, there will be no paper ballots to look at. All of this stuff is a brand new system that was brought to us from people that we don't know and necess don't necessarily align with that spent a, bun a bunch of money to dupe us to then say, okay, go out and give this thing a try and let's see how it works. And that's the situation we're in. Sadly, can't do anything about it this time, but, uh, but what we can do is make sure people aren't voting to add power to people they don't like, that people are getting out to vote because it's more important than ever. If you're gonna be a bullet voter, pick a winner and make one vote. This is the election you have to go to the polls or the other side wins by gimmicks. The other side wins by making it so confusing that people feel like they're stupid or they're not smart enough to vote in this system. So they just stay away because nobody likes to feel stupid. Everybody likes to feel like they're, they're a competent citizen. And if they feel intimidated by a system, they don't want to go to the polls and then feel like they're the only one who doesn't understand how this works. No, the reality, the reality yeah, is, is that everybody doesn't understand how this works. And the proof of that is in that document published by Alaskans for Better Elections, which is the, the nonsense group, they were, they were um, I guess you call it independent expenditure group that, that collected the signatures uh, and then they got it on the ballot and then they pushed it on the ballot and they had $7 million from outside money from liberal groups like Unite America and Fair Vote and those types of groups and individual billionaires in Texas. And they pushed it uh, to voters. They got the voters to agree because it, the ballot measure said to get rid of dark money in elections. And everybody sort of looks at that and says, oh, that's a good idea. And then here's the fine print. The fine print is we're going to give you a voting nightmare. Well, okay, so we've, we've got to get people accustomed to the idea that if they're voting for somebody who is a winner or is a number two winner, like the, the top two people, 
they don't actually have to rank the rest of the ballot. Like you said, I cannot see any situation under the sun where I would fill in the bubble by China Bill Walker's name for governor. That is not going to happen. So I, I just, you know, I, people, you don't have to do that. You don't have to vote for people that you are morally in opposition with. And the same with the House race that we'll, we'll be experimenting with that one first. Um, that will be August 16th. We'll have four people to choose from for the temporary seat. You don't have to pick anybody but one. And so, I mean, you still do have that choice. Yeah, Suzanne, to me, it, it, there's kind of a simple two-step test. If it's a candidate for which I would not wear their campaign button in public, I would not write a check to, why in the world am I going to darken an oval next to their name? If I'm not supportive of them, it makes no sense for me to add power to their potentiality of winning in this second or third choice. I'm going to pick the person that aligns with me, that I believe has the best chance of winning. I'm going to vote there. If there's two people that are closely aligned, then I might rank two if that mm -hmm. happens in a race. But I'm not going to vote for, and I, and I don't think Alaskans need to vote for people that they don't support. Uh, because really, the way this plan works for them is they have to win by the trickery and the math. They've tried to do it in Maine the last two times. Maine's returned Suzanne Collins. Um, it's been close races, lots of money spent. You know, it doesn't make elections any nicer. Just wait. Here's what I'd like to tell Scott Kendall and Jason Grant and his band of guys from ballot from Alaska for better elections. Those are the only two Alaskans involved, by the way. All the money came from outside. Right. I'd like to tell them, I'd like to tell them, just wait. You said it was going to be simpler. You said it was going to be better. You sold these people on a bill of goods saying the campaign cycle was going to be not as crowded and is not as vitriolic. Just wait and watch. I think you're going to find none of those things from that group were true. And Alaska deserves a better way. The way we had was just fine. So if I was Scott Kendall or Jason Grant, I'd be having panic attacks right now because we can already see sort of what's happening. And I was, I was, I lost my train of thought earlier, but the, the literature that they're putting out for the people that they're trying to engage, the opinion leaders, the influencers, the organizations like Rotary and the, the tribes, and at the very bottom of that piece of that sheet of paper, it says, you're not going to have the answers to all the questions. So go ahead and refer people to us because we can help answer those questions. Refer them to Alaskans for Better Elections. In other words, we've created a system that we already know that the people who are training people in the, in the towns and villages are not going to be able to adequately explain. You'll have to turn to us a, a 501c3 and then if you read the story, and I hope you do on Must Read Alaska, and you look at the board, the steering committee, that steering committee is made up of like, I think it's 41% of the people on that steering committee signed the recall Dunleavy petition. We know who these people are. They are partisans. And some of them who didn't sign it, they're, they're registered Democrats. There are oh. only, only two people on that steering committee registered Republican. Make no mistake, they brought this system for a reason. And the reason is not to make it better or easier for Alaskans to participate in the election process. It hasn't in any other jurisdiction that it's been put in place. Um, it disenfranchises minorities. It disenfranchises low income. It disenfranchises people with lesser education. Those are all Alaskans. Every, every one of them and their vote ought to count the same as anybody else's vote. I don't care if you're the university professor or president. But they wanted to do, accomplish two things. They so wanted to get rid of our current governor, right? We saw that with the recall effort that started only days after he took office. 
Same people involved in that are now involved in changing the voting system. The second thing they wanted to do is make sure Lisa Murkowski didn't run, run in a Republican primary. Bingo, that's happened as well. So they've accomplished half of what they want. She's on a Republican primary. Now the other half they have left is to attack the governor. Everybody around ballot measure um, around Alaska for better elections is on the other side of that issue. Mm -hmm. They're trying to change the outcome of a race by system instead of by support. They should be ashamed of themselves. They know what they're doing and it's just plain wrong. Yeah, very cynical. I wanted to point out that in, in this new ranked choice system, we are going to go to the polls on August 16th and you will have, you know, you'll have your chance to vote this messy system. Now, for the special election portion of the ballot, we will not be able to have um, a congressperson sworn in to fill out the rest of that term until sometime in early September. And here's why. Only the first choice results are going to be available on election day. So remember, you have four choices on, on that ballot. You'll have Sarah Palin, Nick Begich, Al Gross, and Mary Peltola. So the first, your first, only the first choice results are available. The ranked choice voting results will be available only after all the ballots are received and processed, and that will be 15 days later. That's all the way into September. So we will, you know, we're talking about a system where we can't know who won for over two weeks into the third week easily. And that, you know, how is that better, Jason Grin? How is that better? Tell me, Jason Grin, what, what you did to make our election system better, because that doesn't feel better to me. Well, and it just kills me that they refer their trainers to just ask us, we'll have the answer. Well, we watched that during the campaign. They always had the answer, but it changed basically every time the question was asked. So you, you got to expect exactly. to see that same thing. Um, September, you make a good point, but what happens with the general election when we have constitutional deadlines by which elections have to be certified? Votes aren't going to be counted. Well, Votes aren't going well, to I mean, that's what the previous lieutenant governors and the previous division of, of elections that opposed this said is we cannot possibly do this because you're right. You have the confounding factors of write-in ballots, early voting, absentee, question ballots, overseas military ballots all coming back at different times. You have that initial count and then you have a reshuffle. So what you're basically saying is give us an indication of how we voted on that first day if we were normal, regular, if we chose the normal, regular process of going to the polls and voting. We might have an idea of that election night, but only an idea and an actual outcome, I don't think is ever a surety for Alaskans because there's no way to conduct a recount. So as long as you're cool with the government, with the people that have helped change this process, um, going ahead and counting the votes in a dark room and then coming back and tell you how it turned out, you're gonna love this process. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, and, and who's, who's doing the counting? The Dominion machines are doing the counting. So on, in November, what you end up with is a November 8th general election. And again, only the first choice results are available on election day. So on, and so then you have to wait for at least 15 days after the election before you get all the other results in, which could change the outcome because you could get so many people who could have voted for somebody for second place that it overtakes the first place person if he didn't he or she didn't get 51 percent the first time around but then you run up against a deadline where let's just say somebody the, the say it's very close and you want to recount then you've got to recount it with the dominion machines maybe there's a court challenge in the meantime when is that first budget due for the governor 
Right. Well, December 3rd is the day that the governor's sworn in and they have to have a, a, a budget out for the entire state by the 15th of December. Right. So you might miss the constitutional deadline. I would expect there'll be a court challenge unless there's a clear and convincing winner, which could right. possibly be an outcome in this election when I look at the field. Exactly. Right. right? We could just have a clear winner and be done. Yeah. Um, that'll make them crazy, right? You want to oh, really... Yeah. Be- you want to really see Scott Kendall have as many hairs on his head as Jason Grant? Let that result take place. He's like, there you go. Um, That's right. That's right. So yeah, it's all up in the air, and it's all trust us. We'll take care of it. We'll tell you how you turned out, and and Alaskans deserve better. I don't care if you're a conservative, if you're a liberal, if you're progressive, if you're if you're pro gun, anti gun, all those things. But Alaskans generally lean towards a little bit red in the state, right? We love our guns. We love our Lord. We want less regulation and more freedom. We want jobs. We want some control of our family. So Alaska is typically a red state, as you pointed out early, a cheap state to be involved in the election process. And that's why they came at us. They could buy it and they could try to tip over um, the way Alaskans feel by changing the process instead of the people, by changing the way it's done instead of who's doing it. And it's a sham and Alaskans ought to know it, but you got to go out and vote. Just don't, I, I, I'm not going to tell you how to vote. Everybody's individual. Everybody gets to make that individual choice. I'll tell you, I will not be darkening any ovals for candidates that I don't support. Right. And I think that that's the key right now is that you feel like it's a sort of, there's something really not uh, sort of makes you feel like you go, need to go take a shower if you have to vote for some of these people that you really disagree with. So if you don't agree with them, you don't have to rank them. You just go in and rank the person that you, that you believe in and, and I guess I can't, I've, I've been thinking about this for months now and, and thinking, well, what will I do? How can I not rank? Cause you know, I wanna, I wanna do the right thing here. It's ranked choice voting and I certainly don't wanna give up the power of my ballot. And I'm now at the place where I think, I think I know who I'm gonna vote for and I'm just gonna vote for that one or two people. In other words, for me on the uh, gubernatorial ballot. I'll probably vote for Dunleavy. And then if Charlie Pierce makes the final four, I'll vote for Charlie Pierce as a backup because I'm happy with either of those candidates on the, uh, the special on these, on the election for Congress, I'll probably vote for Nick Begich. And then I don't know what I'll do after that. I don't know if I'll vote for anybody else. That's kind of a, maybe I'll vote for Mary Peltola in second place. Not really sure. Um, but the, and the general election ballot, that's uh, just to describe it very specifically for people, that's where voters rank the candidates according to your preference. And so to win, a candidate has to get 50 plus 1%, 50% plus one. And then if no candidate receives that, then the last place candidate is eliminated and their, their supporters' second choice votes are counted. So that's where you can really give power to that second place person right. is they could be the vote collector for all those second place votes. So basically you're kind of that second place person really has a pretty good chance of winning actually in this system. The right. process keeps repeating until somebody gets 50 plus one. Yeah, well, it's, it happened in other areas, right? It happened. They talk about it being a majority the Alaskans deserve a majority. We deserve people who hold office that have gotten at least 50% of the votes. So let us use our system and let us use um, our mathematics to determine what that 50% is. Well, the first time they returned um, the Senator to Maine, she returned to the seat, she actually had less than 50% of the vote because there was no way to mathematically get there from what voted. So again, 
I think it's incumbent upon Alaskans to pick people that they align with, they associate with, they support. I, I'm not going to support anybody with even a quarter of the power of my vote that killed my permanent fund and tried to sell Alaska to China, Suzanne. I'm there not. I'm not going to put part of my vote to somebody who never met a government power he didn't like or a personal power he didn't want to take away. So I can't vote there. Now, if there's two people that I can align with, then I'll then I'll prioritize those two people. But um, the idea that they're trying to con you out of a portion of your vote to support somebody that you don't want in office is it's really it's just revolting when you think about it. This is that important to power. I, I think Alaskans should be up in arms about it. Some of our, our top of our tickets have a lot of people in the race right now, for instance, for the special general election for the temporary seat. There are 30 people on that ballot. Now, some of them may drop today or through um, the 5th, I mean, the 25th. They can drop until the 25th because really only um, for uh, what I'm saying is for the regular primary election. Let me correct that. The regular right. primary election. You see, remember, you, you, you heard what I meant, but I didn't say it right. There are 30 people on that ballot, but there's only four that are proceeding to the special general election. So uh, it, the question is, how many of those people on the regular are going to stay or how many are going to drop? They actually have to go down and physically drop. So you have 30 on that ballot. That creates a very difficult situation for um you know, for our entire, for our entire system, because you've got four that are going to be in the temporary and 30 who want to be in the general. This whole thing is just a mess. Thank you very much ballot, uh, for ballot measure two and Alaskans for not better elections, but we're, they are facing a red wave this, this fall. I've been going through the districts and what's interesting is some of the districts only have a few candidates in them, but if you look and see how these different districts voted in the primary in 2020 and then how they just voted, I'm just going to give you an example, just one. So let's take Bart LeBond's downtown Fairbanks district, which is really, uh, you know, it's an interesting district. In 2020, only 44% picked the Republican ballot and 56% voted for the Democrat in that um, in the congressional race. But in 2022, 57% voted Republican and only 32% voted for a Democrat on this special election ballot. So if you add up all the Republicans and then you add up all the Democrats, that district has flipped. And in an analysis that I've done throughout all the different districts, not all of them, because I didn't bother with District 40, since that's kind of a, a special district. They had Tara Sweeney as their candidate, and that was a, kind of a, a unicorn. But for all the districts that are sort of marginal districts, my goodness, you are seeing a red wave like you have never seen. I, it is stunning. In every district, it's absolutely flipped. Even over in Western Alaska, where uh, Bryce Edgman is, they all picked the Republicans. They didn't yeah. pick the Democrats. You know, and Suzanne, that's one of the things as I sit back and watch this unfold and watch these political maneuvers from two years ago and putting this process in place and watch what's happening in the country. And I think be careful what you ask for, because sometimes you get yeah. the ABA people have to be feeling like they got their teeth on the bumper. And now what? Because they're facing a huge red wave. Right. It's not going to perform. My guess is it won't perform the outcomes that they thought it would in people being elected. It won't perform the outcomes of having a reasonable and standard election. Alaskans are going to be unhappy when they leave the poll. So I think they could lose on all counts based on the timing that they brought this forward. And, and, and I think that, you know, Alaskans need to take a good hard look at that. 
you didn't accomplish what you said, you didn't do what you promised, and you spent $8 million of outside money trying to be, buy a piece of Alaska, we need to throw these bums out, get back to a reasonable system, and, and look for good candidates that connect with Alaskans and support our values. All right. Well, listen, we run out of time. And John, um, I'm sorry you didn't jump in here. We just sort of uh, dominated the conversation. But you have the podcast on um, on Wednesday. And so you have it all to yourself. So you get to. And, and by the way, I'm really sorry I, I bailed out on you on, on Friday. I was I just got super, super busy. So you, you had it on Friday all to yourself. And I apologize for that. So for everybody else who's listening, thank you so much. It's been a very quick half hour that's gone by. I appreciate all of you for listening to the podcast, for supporting Must Read Alaska, for defending our Alaska elections like our guest Brett Huber has done. Thank you, Brett, for all you do for our state. Thank you for being such a great patriot. And let's get together and grab coffee soon. And as far as everybody else goes, we'll see you somewhere in Alaska. Thanks, Suzanne.